This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film, life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend all the way in Melbourne, Vivian Greer. Hello. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Not too shabby. How is How is Melbourne today? How is like the 100th lockdown? Oh, that- <laughs> you know, you just kind of get used to it. But uh, today's weather outside was, uh, it was quite windy and cloudy, so it's not necessarily like weather that you want to be running around in anyway yeah so i think it's it's a good idea all the lockdowns are in winter time i guess because <laughs> because then you can just cocoon yeah absolutely and it gets cold here it's like a a cold crisp <laughs> are you are you one of those people who's very much like staying home are you very much an introvert um mm, i feel like last year kind of forced everyone to really enjoy their own company or yeah. the very little stimulants apart from like, I don't know, TV or games or whatever that would help them. But yeah, they had to get, I've personally had to get used to like, you know, I guess being a homebody, but I do enjoy outside, but I'm, I do like my inside a lot more. <laughs> it's cozy. <laughs> you can just like cocoon away and hide. Um so, to the world, wonderful ears that don't know who you are, tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. Are we starting off like a... A really difficult... David, David Copperfield. Yeah, like a David Copperfield-esque. I am bored. I, I grew up. Uh, my name is Vivian Greer. Uh, I grew up in Sydney. I uh, recently moved to Melbourne back in April of this year. I'm an actress, an actor, you know, that lady that gets caught on set. I don't know. I don't know which one I prefer, probably actor, because I like the strong ending. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I do acting or I'm an actor. Um, I've been doing it. uh, Started when I was probably in my early 20s. Yeah. Actually, I was a a late bloomer. If you will. Was it something that you always wanted to do or is it something that you got to very um purposely very late? No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I'm very late to the game, but uh yeah, I I wasn't a very like theatrical or performance kind of kid growing up. I was quite shy and very quiet and withdrawn, but I had a very uh vivid <laughs> imagination mm. and I just I really loved watching movies I and it wasn't for the entertainment value of it I just really loved the seeing the process and how the story gets told and the characters journey through them and you know when you don't really have much stimulation growing up as in like I didn't do sports I just wanted to watch movies really <laughs> Um, my sisters were competitive sailors and like I was just you know I'm gonna watch this movie and yeah but uh yeah I just really I really loved watching movies but since I didn't really have a voice to I didn't really know what I really wanted to do with that I just was really fascinated by film and acting in general that's a that's kind of awesome because you know what I what I feel people kind of neglect when they talk about growing up and not being interested in sports is movies and, and books and immersing yourself in that world is a very, is a very good thing. Oh yeah, definitely. I was a big reader. Was it something that like you, you know, 
it, was it the escapism or was it just the, the the storytelling that really kind of like drove you into it? I yeah, it wasn't an escapism because it wasn't an escape. It was just a more of a I was intrigued, curious. It brought a lot of joy to me. I felt I don't know. It was like this when you see or watch a very good movie or read a script or watch a play. It was and you have that performance kind of I don't know hypnotize you almost that Mm. you feel that light feeling after watching something amazing and I felt that feeling a lot when I was quite young Mm. um just the impact of the film in itself and then I'd start researching the director and then I'd read books about the director and um you know back in my day there wasn't (laughs) many you know ways to like you know specific details for films so i'd read a lot about them yeah uh, yeah they gave me a great joy that's a that's awesome so because you know that i i feel like that's something really overlooked especially like um for people our age where it's sort of like you know growing up where films were kind of like you know tv for you know the non kind of like naughty you know children who have streaming services now we grew up with particularly like things that if your movie was on it was on at a scheduled time on television or you go to the cinema and see it you couldn't really kind of like cherry pick when you went to go and see things so i don't know like the ability to have that, you know, stories and have books and stuff like that and, and the bingeability of it, um, I feel is something that people kind of like gloss over and go, oh, you know, like, especially now because it's such a, um, you know, like everyone's making films. Like you can, um, was that something also that, you know, predominantly because obviously you want to, um, you do acting, but was it always acting or was it kind of like something, was there other things that kind of drove you to that direction other than just watching movies and reading books? Was it kind of like... Uh, I, um, I wasn't the type of kid or I didn't seem, I didn't put out to be the type of, I know, personality for acting Mm -hmm. or anything like that because I was so quiet and withdrawn. And, um, but I don't know. I just, I, I loved imagining characters mm. and, or if I saw a, like some sort of, I don't know, scenery or something, I'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like a woman was doing this? And it wasn't like a, oh, the character's already been written. It was, yeah, it, I, I always imagined it like it was already there. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I feel like sometimes most of the time it's like mostly just dumb luck for me right now when it comes to when, with how I got into acting. Cause, um, I just kind of t- tried here and there and I yeah. just kept, you know, getting more work and, you know, meeting new people, but I would like to try different aspects of the industry. I'd like to write, I'd like to direct one day. <laughs> I mean, like the, the one thing that I think struck me, um, about your performance and I've watched your show reel, um and i i remember like seeing one of the scenes and you're very much like a natural performer like and and you know people who don't know what natural means um it's very much people who are very realistic on camera and don't um you get your theatricals you get people who really want to enunciate everything and i think you're one of those performers who really kind of like wears their heart on their sleeve kind of situation where it's really like if you're a character, you're honest 
and oh yeah, like and and very grounded. Um, would you like was that something you'd agree with, and something that you kind of tried to do as well as a performer? Uh well, thank you. That's very nice of you to say because <laughs> it's it's uh um it's interesting hearing what others' perspective of my um my work is. Uh, I don't usually run up. I don't go up to people and be like, "What do you think? What yeah. do you think?" Because I don't want to know. <laughs> That's looking for trouble right there. Um, I well, I did study at NIDA for a year. I got mm. into a studio course, and I it was the first kind of, I guess, formal training I'd received or been given the opportunity to take. And it was then when I really kind of. I feel like like with actors, there's a moment in their performance or a, a time in their career where they really truly break free of themselves mm. and are on abs- like autopilot, really. And I think I had like a breaking point in when I was studying and I just kind of I don't know. I just, I just want to be real or I want the characters to be real mm. when I do um, my performance or my acting, I guess. They have a story to tell and I'm the voice. Mm. I think that's very, um, that's, that's very true because I feel like uh, the, the other side of the coin is like actors want to be these amazing, uh, like, spectacular people. But then it's also, um, you know, the, the other side of it is, um, yeah, just making them real and making them very believable. I think um, was I. I think that's also kind of like the thing that I think a lot of actors miss when you watch them on on stage. Are you one of those people who kind of when you watch other people, are you very kind of like watching a performance and then reflecting on how you do something differently? Because I know so many people who are performers who do that and they go to they go, oh, I wouldn't do that. Or sometimes they'll just kind of reflect and go, no, I'm not going to think anything because that's their, how they'll perform. Um, well, I try not to let others suck myself out <laughs> when I'm watching others. Yeah. Um, but I think it's uh, – very much recommended to stay true to yourself yeah when it comes to your own idea and your own thoughts of how you want to um portray what you're doing uh but yeah maybe like when I was younger when I was like if I was doing the same scene I was just like oh, okay she's doing it that way I'm not doing it that way but good on her if she's doing it that <laughs> way <laughs> or he's doing it that way I don't know yeah yeah, and then and then you moved to Melbourne this year. Was that a was that a decision sort of on both you and your partner, or did, um, more kind of like because of your partner's work, or you know what was the reason that you moved in the, in the first place from Sydney to Melbourne? Um, because you know obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, so <laughs> and then you moved this year, so it's not like the the prime time, I guess, that people would be thinking about moving interstate. Oh uh, well, you know, I came to Melbourne because it was always a an idea I guess when I was mm. I came here when I was very I was probably in my early 20s and I uh yeah I just love the city I love the architecture I love the the vibe of it uh everyone's really chill here I noticed <laughs> which I was like oh that's that's good for an emergency um this really relaxed kind of attitude everywhere which was nice but uh yeah I just I felt like last year it kind of was like, all right, 
this is going to end, this is going to happen for a while. So I just, yeah. yeah, decided and, you know, went on my journey to path to fortune and glory <laughs> <laughs> and moved here. I mean, I think that's kind of like the best thing. It was, was it sort of like something, the move, sort of something you wanted to throw a curveball to yourself as well and throw yourself out a little bit of comfort zone or? Oh yeah, definitely. Like definitely changes, change is very important and getting out of your comfort zone is incredibly important. And I've always lived in Sydney. I always grew up in the same area. Yeah. Um, was bored. Wasn't happy. Mm. Um, you know, I have all my family in Sydney and, you know, I miss them dearly and I think about them every day, but it's just like, you know, I, I couldn't keep living my life based around, oh, I have auditions in Sydney or oh, my agents in Sydney. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't keep, you know, waiting for the thing that's going to make me have to stay in Sydney. You know, yeah. like I just wanted to try something different, you know, take a chance. I felt like I hadn't done that for a very long time and um, good things happen when I take a chance and when I get out of my comfort zone or just, you know, just try, live a bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like that's very hard for people, especially like, you know, as you say, when people go, oh, my family's here, my agent's here, or, you know, like these little tick boxes. But I feel like taking that chance really kind of shows growth as well because you know a lot of a lot of what kind of happens in situations like this I know people who have lived in Sydney for their entirety of their life and nothing wrong with that not you know Sydney if you want to live here for the rest of your life but I'm very similar to you I'm not someone who's very good at sitting still like I feel like people who sit still it's it's kind of like this mentality of you know they you know it's like our parents generation I I don't know if you feel the same way but I feel like there's kind of like a tick box kind of thing where it's like you know they came from an era where it was like everyone going to stability everyone going to like stable job you know you know this is the next step this is you know have children have a family you know tick the you know make a fortune retire um and our generation has kind of gone into this, like, let's be free. Let's do something. Let's, you know, it's not about waiting for someone to tell us to do something. It's about doing it ourselves. Um, not everyone believes that. Not everyone of our age believes that at all. Some people believe that, you know, opportunities come to people or, you know, like YouTube's a big thing or anything like that, you know. But I, I feel like, yeah, it's creating your own opportunities because, um, a lot of the time, uh, you know, the opportunities that people want don't automatically always sit in front of them and, and, and come to them. You sometimes like, uh, have to create opportunities for yourself, hmm. um, which is good and bad. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a very big learning curve. Um, like in to do that in, in general, was that like, was that something you were like as a kid as well? Were you always about had that mentality across your entire life or was that something you kind of grow into? Oh, I definitely grew into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like when you go through some, like with opportunity and stuff, like opportunity, like how do you, how do you even see that in your mind really? Like it's yeah. just a feeling really, but um, no, I, Learned that probably about six years ago when I take an opportunity, I can end up in better places. Yeah. And 
it it's hard um, because yeah, as you were mentioning about the like tick the boxes kind of lifestyle, huh. it's safety in that and stability. But mm. yeah, like with opportunity and do I take opportunities? Yes, I've taken opportunities before and um, they have worked. It, it might take a couple of years later to yeah. you know, see the benefits of taking them. But yeah, it's 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 sometimes it leads to very life changing moments. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel yeah, that's kind of like the big the big thing. Then um, yeah, it's it's life changing. It's like moving, you know, as you say, with moving interstate, especially like. Um, but I feel, yeah, it's it's funny because I also don't think, and look, you may or may disagree with me, um, I don't think Sydney is an always happening city in terms of the arts. Um, it is in terms of business, but not the art as a structure. Was that something you also realised and then just went, no, I'm not, I, I know kind of like this is going to go as far as it has in terms of Sydney creativity? Well... I would find the most creative people in very, like, I did a work, a lot of work with afters at one point, but with Sydney in general, I, um, the professional gig, it's mostly TV commercials at the moment. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, something off with me when I go to TV auditions, (laughs) I'm just too obviously (laughs) not meant to be there, but I am here. (laughs) It's just, yeah. But, um, yeah, I just honestly, like, I loved learning about the business side of the industry, but mm. um, I, I don't know what the comparison is to Melbourne and Sydney yet with what can be offered. Like, I remember going to, like, workshops with, like, casting directors like, a few years ago and they're all, they couldn't even give me an answer whether if Sydney's better for work oh, or okay. opportunity or Melbourne. It doesn't – auditions go through everyone. Like, yeah. they're looking for an actor – not for like not particularly like oh it has to be an actor from sydney only <laughs> like they're pretty it's pretty um countrywide yeah uh, yeah i mean like that's that's kind of like cuz i've feel like also with the funny thing about the australian you know way we approach we're hard workers we're extremely hard workers um and there's a lot of us and <laughs> Um, you know, for anyone who has browsed casting, uh, websites and all that, you know, you find a, um, a list of talents and a list of people and you're all competing with each other. And, and, and I feel like there's, there's one side of the coin, which is how do you make yourself stand out? And, and the other side of the coin is, um, you know, how can I do the best job that I can do? So mm. how do you, you know, with, with that in mind, how do you compartmentalize both those sides? Because, you know, having done auditions and stuff where you just kind of feel like, oh, I shouldn't be here, but I'm here. Look, how do you just kind of go and, and bite the bullet and just go, okay, I'm just going to do the best job I can and compartmentalize yeah. my brain? <laughs> well, I, uh, I surprise myself a lot. <laughs> I surprised myself like I've gone to I've had auditions where I've read the script and I'm just like are they high like me like it's not even about like but they don't know me personally I know me personally um but yeah with like auditions and stuff I just have uh, we've we've had a couple of auditions together yeah I mean <laughs> like past. 
I mean, and also you're great. You're, 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 I think the thing that I liked about you at auditions, um, is sort of like you're genuine and whether or not you fit the character's bill, um, you know, you're clearly not one of those people that walks into a room and you instantly like, I don't want to work with this person. You're instantly one of those people that's like, I want to, I want to work with this person, but I want to make sure also they like fit the role and they're comfortable with the role that they've got. And um, I think with anyone who doesn't know you as well, you are quite tall. Like, am I? You're quite, you're reasonably quite tall. What? <laughs> I forget my measurements, honestly. <laughs> like, I've been like gone. I th- no, I feel like with auditions with me, I'm very focused on doing the act of it but when it comes to like like me like just vivian talking i'm just i'm such a dork sometimes i know i'll be like (laughs) i'll be like oh i'm a hundred um oh no they'll be like oh what's your uh what's your like height or something and for some reason i'm like oh i'm six eight and there's this like woman next to me who is six eight who is significantly (laughs) taller than me and i just look at her because she said i'm six six eight and i was like oh no not six eight five eight sorry that's ginormous yeah i i feel six eight though you know it's, um, my spirit is but uh yeah she was like five eight and i was just like she said five eight and i just like looked at her in the side and looked up and i'm like i'm five eight as well. like yeah i'm five eight yeah and they just give me this like look like okay it's this lady's a little bit, a little bit special, but it's okay in an endearing way. <laughs> in a very endearing way. Um, I'm just happy to be there, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, like the the one thing that I think also struck me about you was you're very positive, and I think that day, you know, especially when you're sitting in a, and this is to any casting director, you are watching so many people come in, and oh the goodness, one thing yeah. you want. The one thing you want is someone to come in and be positive because you don't want to work with someone who isn't positive, good collaborator and good to kind of like, um, you know, feed off and, you know, and work with. And I think, you know, you were one of those people who was like, you're good at, you know, being with people and you're good at, um, you know, delivery. It's just you might not always fit the role. And then it's fine. Oh, oh, Marty, don't worry. This isn't like a, <laughs> this ends tonight. No, no. I'm not even worried. Anyway, like, um, this is, this is your, uh, this is your casting. <laughs> um, but no, in all seriousness, I feel like those are the things that people, because I remember I've had auditions where people come in and they just clearly don't want to be there. And I'm like, why did you come in? Like, the first mm. thing that I think is, why are you here? Yeah. Because if you don't want to be here, I don't want you here. And that's a very, um, that's a very clear thing. But I, I definitely like feed off, um, people's positive energy and, you know, like I would, I don't know, this is kind of like how I've always lived because if you can't be yourself, especially, um, around people and, you know, and this is the thing, like, that's why I stick away from like social media too much. I like I talk to friends and ask them questions, but I don't really read um, people's you know bitchy uh, comments, statuses, and stuff like that. I don't care what you want to have like fights between people. If you have a confrontation, 
talk about it like normal civilized humans but does like, that still happen no I, no I <laughs> no everyone writes tweets these days in fucking hell um no i don't i don't have the twitter the, <laughs> you're blessed um but yeah it's it's one of those things that i feel like you know with everything um you know, people just don't really get a sense of that. They don't, uh, you know, they come into these, you know, situations and especially think that, you know, they come to with friendships as well when you work alongside friends. And this is the indie world. Like, friends have fights all the time, but remember, it's professionalism and then personal relationship as it comes to the side. And when someone is talking to you in a professional capacity, don't take anything personally because they're probably not, you know, um, talking to you in a way that they'd be like, hey, mate, on you know as a friend i'm gonna you know like so many people take things personally like are you one of those people who's very good at just kind of going this is work and this is like hanging with friends are you very good at that oh yeah definitely if i'm like i haven't been fortunate enough to work with friends yet but i've made friends so that's a plus (laughs) um during films um yeah i when i'm working and I'm getting some sort of, I, I shut off any kind of, I don't know, lingering thoughts of doubt, I guess. Like, oh, they're saying this. Oh, maybe they think I'm a, like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. But, but I, uh, I do very much agree with the, um, the attitude or the how positive or what you're putting out when you go into an audition or like, even if, if you get the gig, like mm. even, from start to finish of the times, like you need to be in a good headspace. Cause I've worked on, um, films that I just like fucking loved the script, it, the director and I would get along really well. And, but the crew sometimes like I'd rock up and be like, well, why are we even here then? Like you've just bringing this horrible energy yeah. and it's just going to, like yeah, it it shits me up the wall. Sorry, mind my mind my profanity, but oh no, you profanity <laughs> yeah. away because like yeah. I fucking swear on this and it's great. Yeah. Um, oh, I just I think like it's just <laughs> sets a stressful like time is money. Everyone needs like you know I, I hate those. <laughs> I don't hate them. I like them, but like the um the scenes that you shoot where you're heavily d- depending on sunlight or just natural yeah. lighting and stuff and uh. It's like I just—it just really shits me sometimes because I—I have so much fun on set. I—I I love it so much, and it throws me off when I'm like, you know, I'm a—I'm a ten in excitement and positivity on the first day of shooting, and like eighty percent of the crew is just like, like I don't know, one inconvenience earlier that day, like takes the entire day away from them. Yeah. Like, oh, I got caught in traffic, so I'm shitty, so I'm just going to be an asshole to you all day for no reason. It's like, oh, my God, mate. I don't know. I just love making film. And I'm like, guys, this is exciting. Like, we're making magic, movie magic. Like, we're going to be, like, you know, going to be bigger than big. I don't know. I was like, I'm a little cheerleader. But, like, (laughs) but then I've learned quickly that I'm not the cheerleader on set. I'm just there to do my work because... Yeah, you can't fix everyone. No, and I mean, <laughs> like, I, I don't f- want to fix anyone. <laughs> I just want my time to be good as well. And, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely true. And I feel like a lot of the time when you watch things and I think the way I think about it and I put it into my perspective in my head, um, every set I've been on to, um, 
you know, I've always noticed someone who's like, I'm like, oh, dear God, like, shut up. Um, but, you know, I've definitely also been that crabby person on set. And, and oh, you know, like, <laughs> I think I feel sorry for people. But I also think that, you know, this is the thing I go down to is, you know, as time is money. But if you're doing unpaid gigs, also respect people's time, like respect people's hours. Oh, absolutely. Time is money. Yeah. And money, like it, time is some so much value in itself. And yeah, I've I've done like yeah, I've <laughs> I've done many a unpaid gig in my life. Is that is that something you still love doing, but you're just more selective about, or is it something that you kind of want to push away? Um, it depends on what like the purpose of the project is. If it's yeah. something for school and they're just wanting a good mark and they're just needing an actor, I won't do it. But like I've I worked um on this short film last uh, not last year <laughs> was there even a last year I can't even <laughs> well, it's, remember it's 2020 anymore. still <laughs> <laughs> it's 2021 all right uh back in 2019 then um i worked on a short film and uh it was through afters and it was unpaid but i originally i didn't get the role because i looked too young mm. <laughs> and they needed a 30 plus year old that looked 30 plus and I was like okay it's fair enough whatever like you know I'm too young right okay that's why I didn't get it um but in my for some reason when I first read this script I was like oh I'm I'm Molly I that's my role I'm gonna do this role and uh but it was unpaid and but I loved the role so much like and it wasn't like a particularly like happy you know, script, it was a very sad and very heavy role, but I just felt this connection and um, I, you know, would not, I didn't get a penny for it, and but I felt very rich after it. Yeah. I I feel like, um, yeah, it's, it's always the value you get from the experience and the, um, you know, the opportunity. Um, especially because, like, uh, you know, indie productions are like some you know sometimes you know indie characters tend to be the ones that you'd never get to play if you were in say big budget high you know or normal tvcs where they just make you into the generic uh white girl um you know person in the background um you know there's very much like do do you enjoy that aspect where you can you know immerse yourself into these like small um, student projects or something a bit different oh yeah definitely I think it's um with student projects or just really low budget short films they don't have money affecting the writing or the casting or yeah. like there isn't that you know or this is going to cost this much money if we do that kind of thing it's very free game um but I don't know I think it's just a little bit more like I've worked on big sets tvs and stuff like Mm. that but i always feel a bit more um connected when it's a more smaller crew and a bit more of a deeper meaningful script or experience really yeah Uh, but i also like big like budget sets because it's just there's so many so much equipment (laughs) and people around and everyone it's like the place is on fire sometimes it's hilarious It's like people are just running back and forth and you just feel so like um, I have 
no help here for you. I'm just sitting here and looking somewhat attractive, I guess. <laughs> um, is there been any roles that you kind of, you felt kind of pushed you out of your comfort zone or made you go, huh, um, in a good way or a bad way? No, I've done some very challenging roles with very, uh, <laughs> very, uh, dark themes to it mm. uh i feel like yeah no, i've i think it's just it could just be the way how i approach my my characters like i do feel some emotional kind of uh drain from all of my roles i guess not maybe not draining but every role i've ever had i've always had a it's almost like a grieving process after it, mm. <laughs> after I've finished it, because these I feel like they're alive and then they're gone. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's the most challenging for me. Uh, not necessarily characters. Like I've played some really fucked up roles. Like I've played like, you know, I did a I did a gig on Deadly Women, where I played this <laughs> woman called Becky Reed who brutally killed her partner <laughs> and everyone would be like are you okay I'm like yeah I'm fine I'm just gonna like you know beat the shit out of this woman and like you know call it lunch or just yeah but um yeah I've, I just I try not to let it consume me mm. it's particularly hard roles but I do I don't know. I feel like I've like gone autopilot when I start the day, when I do roles, like I don't really have my Vivian thoughts on what's Vivian's opinion on these roles. It's just simply trying to, I just listen to the director. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to make any emotional connection to the role and be like, Oh, am I this kind of person? Am I this kind of, can I do that bad thing? But I always end up doing it. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's always a secret murder inside you like oh i just i love like ugly roles like mm. i love you know i i think that's important for particularly like women um in film or in stage to embrace their imperfections or the imp imperfections of the character it's like uh um charlie's theron in monster yeah yeah, have you seen that? That's the kind of shit I want to do. I don't want to be all pretty and doled up. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to really transform myself into it. Sorry, I know I like went off tangent. Yeah, just my like to be honest with my roles, like I've just it's not really the role itself. It's just more the experience I have on set that I find more troubling, or if it was if it was hard, or if it was amazing. Yeah. I think that I I probably uh, judge not judge I probably make my opinion on yeah my experience with the crew and the set rather than the character I'm playing whether if it's too hard or like I've I yeah as I said earlier I surprise myself with what I can put down <laughs> at yeah. the end of the day <laughs> I mean like um really that whole uh you know I remember the first time I watched like um Orange is the New Black I remember them talking about behind the scenes and a lot of the actors kind of went in with you know, you look at the photos of when they lo looked when they went to premieres and stuff and their hair's all done up. And then the moment they just all said in interviews, 
I can't believe I get to look like shit every day and just embrace ah, the relaxing. fact um, <laughs> that I, I don't wear makeup or I, or I wear bare minimum to kind of just get by because, um, yeah, this idea that every, every um, you know, uh, person needs to be dolled up and, and um, you know, and look perfect. And, I mean, like, the whole idea, and I think this is, like, the male gaze or, the like, the the art gaze, the um, Western world, where we kind of look at those films and we go, oh, that's really, like, um, women don't look like that, you know, and that's not really how they uh, are. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> how does that make you feel? Because, obviously, you, you know, you go from, like, some days probably being cast as the pretty, you know, dolled up kind of look and then other times you want to play these really, like, disheveled kind of characters um and then do you ever feel like there's kind of like an in-between where you're just kind of like this you know normal looking person where it's not like always trying to look like you need to be dolled up and you just kind of like you know wear a t-shirt and jeans kind of look oh dude i am like a t-shirt and jeans queen like i swear i had a problem the other day i just <laughs> it's just my go-to comfort outfit and you can just you know really jazz it up when you want to yeah um but i feel like uh with women in film uh that's what you're mentioning earlier about how like it's like the male gaze and stuff i feel like there is definitely a I guess not more like a not like a job, but more like a responsibility for like women to look really like ten out of ten plus. Like women can't age in film. No, it's not allowed to. If we're not allowed to age, like, okay, <laughs> cool. But uh, it's I don't know. It's it's such obvious double standards like lately, and I feel like these like like these days. Uh, yeah there are a lot more writers out there who are writing stuff down for older women or um, it's, it's a lot more kinder, I guess these Mm. days, Um, especially with different kinds, different shapes of bodies and uh, heights. Yeah. (laughs) uh, But yeah, I just, uh, it is kind of like, I feel like particularly, yeah, particularly for women, it's, if they say they're an actress, if they don't look, if they if they don't match the star-studded like red carpet kind of look, then yeah. oh, are you really an actress? Like it's that's like probably the main purpose for women, I guess. And I guess it, with with men, of course, like it's just all about like he's hotter, I guess. I don't know, but um, it does shit me up the wall sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, you know, the thing that guys get is um you know if you go start going bald or anything like that that's kind of like where you go into you know people start judging you of you know hair loss and stuff like that and that's but you can still you know get away with it a little bit more than say like if you're a woman and you like you know or and this is comes into also like politics and everything like um i feel yeah just it goes to very much like the industry is not very kind to people who are different or you know especially because we're made up and i keep saying this all the time but we're made up of very different people in this kind of like Mm. creative arts thing and we all come from all sorts of walks of different life yet when you know whether you work in sort of different aspects or different things, people are very jaded. Like they just keep going, oh, I can't believe this person's this and this person's this. And like, why the fuck do you care? Like their their life has no impact on you. Oh, yeah. Like, 
<laughs> I hear that all the time. Yeah, I, 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 I would be a very wealthy, wealthy woman if I had a dollar every time someone said I can't be an actor. Wow. <laughs> or, uh, it shouldn't be an actor or anything like that. Yeah. Is that so? Has that happened to you a lot? Oh yeah. Like very. Why the? F- uh, oh, it just because I. God, yeah, it's happened a lot. Like probably when I was like, and and I think that was hard for me to. When I was wanting to do acting, and I think what was yeah, it was. It wasn't myself that I telling myself that I couldn't do it. It was just dickheads constantly. Mm, like, you know, I've had people like my drama teacher, like I did drama in high school. I really enjoyed it. But like I was very, I was very overweight. I was not like there's anything wrong with that. You know what I Mm. mean? Like you're not that look you're not the body you're not the face or anything and uh yeah I I would get a lot of shit (laughs) like for even just you know whispering if I wanted to be an actress or work in that field um my I did drama in school but I was the very quiet Hmm. uh again anxious (laughs) I had anxiety um I was didn't have many friends I had one really good friend who I'm still friends with. Her name is Samantha. She's amazing. Oh, <laughs> Just uh, a little shout out. <laughs> girl. And um, she's listening right now. No, uh, right now. Or she knows I'm doing this. Oh, like, she'll be listening later when it comes out. Later on in November. Um, um, but yeah, I had some really traumatic times when it came to uh, me wanting to pursue or even having any joy with acting when I was a young, um, when I was a teenager, I had like, I did drama class and I would, I was the, you know, the stereotypical quiet, like nerd, I guess, Mm. no one, whatever it is, but I really liked drama, but my teacher was an absolute asshole to me and I just didn't understand. He like, (laughs) He once uh he once took me out of class to sit me down and tell me I was the worst student he's ever had and then I just sat there like a fat rock. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so when you have that happening at you at such a young age, you're just yeah. like, oh, but it's a good there's an, a good ending to this <laughs> tale um. Oh, really? Well, he just I don't know, like he just didn't want to help me like it was my U12 individual performance and it was for the HSC and I found this uh, monologue I really wanted to do and it was um it was Irish theatre and it was based on this woman who was in the Mary Magdalene asylums oh, and yeah. it was a very you know I love I love, I love a good hi- historical period drama kind of thing uh but yeah and I I wanted to do this role and it was a very you know I guess, heavy role for a 17-year-old, but I wanted to give it a go and my teacher didn't want to help me because, again, I was a lost cause. But um, I remember doing my performance in front of all the parents and all the students and I was scared, but I just I put something out there and I my friend Samantha she was watching at the time and she was like where the fuck did that come from it was just this big 
fuck you, like emotional performance mm. that I've never had anything in me. But what I thought, like, I didn't believe it was in me. And then uh, <laughs> it was like the day later, I get a phone call from my my drama teacher called up my house to apologize Wow! <laughs> to me. Yeah. It was so weird. But like, but when I think about it, when I'm like, I'm, I'm in my thirties now and I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck would I have done to you? That was so bad. A 17 year old girl, <laughs> mind you. Yeah. But yeah. And then he just started like, you know, apologizing and saying like, all these you know, trying to take credit for my work, I guess. It was very interesting oh, <laughs> to see. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I've had a lot of no's. I've had, um, you know, I've had people, it, it, it's mostly from men. Yeah. Um, they've said, like, you know, 19, I was like, oh, you're, I have a better chance of being an astronaut than you ever being an actress or, wow. like, you know, I've, been in relationships where I've had family members tell me I'm never gonna make it because I'm not skinny enough yeah and um yeah it was really like god fuck you man but um yeah but then you know you remove that ass like that that horrible negativity around you and you just focus and keep on the path and then that's how you end up on a fucking billboard you know (laughs) yeah I mean, and and that's hard because, you know, the fact that it comes down to how we look, and, you know, for some people, that's, that's fucked because, um, you know, like, and, and someone who has struggled with, you know, how they've looked as well, and, and this doesn't happen to every guy out there, but, you know, there's a lot of things that I remember growing up with and going, you know, uncomfortable with the way I looked and um and I think you know a lot of things that you know kids said you know for a whole I think it was like you know one of the things I remember that scared me absolutely shitless about um drama class was some uh monologue I was doing and the whole experiment was you wrote your own monologue ah what a great little project I would have loved that it was so much fun but I think it was like we had one student in the entirety of the class and everyone had like done this and he just absolutely felt like it was his necessity to rip it apart and just be like uh you know like an absolute pretentious twat <laughs> um but it was like we're all you know as you say 17 18 and just why the fuck do you think that's a fair thing to you know as a student just go oh you know like that was shit i'm so much better than you it's like hang on hang on whoa 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 no fuck right <laughs> Like, that's the mentality, though, that I think, um, you know, students students also have, and it's fucked. But, yeah, it's it's funny because, you know, like, to do it now, I've I got to a point, and I don't, uh, you know, and I decided that I won't let anyone tell me um, that I wouldn't be able to achieve something. I've, I've kind of, like, gone through that whole escapade where I've, you know, I've either been in relationships or known people who've just gone, oh, you'll never achieve that, and you know, don't waste your time or you're not that good. And then you just kind of like, you get rid of these awful negative voices and just go fuck right off. And then you're able to push yourself to the forefront where it's like you can do anything that you set your mind to or, you know, or do the best that you want to do in that situation. Like, how, um, 
are you i credit you probably quite resilient now in in regards to all these like people still you know because you probably still get it today where people go oh you can't be this and you can't be that i guess i just i don't like i i don't understand when somebody <laughs> will tell someone that the thing that they want to do that they can't yeah but i don't really get it today but it's yeah i am resilient like it's thank you <laughs> yes i am resilient <laughs> uh but it, it's not just because of like rejection and mm. you know assholes it's because i've had to become be resilient to a lot of things i've experienced in my life and it's um but i I look up to Arnie Schwarzenegger a lot because he was very much a, if when you tell me that I can't, that makes me want to do it even more. Mm. Um, I used to kind of live like that as in, I want to prove to people I can, but then I've stopped trying to, I don't need to prove myself Yeah. at all. I don't need someone to approve of my, choices in life that I want to do I don't need someone to tell me whether I can or cannot they can yeah. just you know focus on their own shit you know but <laughs> I just yeah I think what I've learned from those experiences where people are telling me that you know oh you're too fat or like this yeah. and that I just I don't know like I feel sorry for them now like when I look back I go god what the hell is wrong with you yeah <laughs> not wrong or anything but just yeah, it's it's interesting though cuz I've I've bumped into people who have said that in the past. Yeah. And all of a sudden they've seen me like in a movie or something and they've slid into my DMs and they're like, "Oh, hey, I saw you and so and so." Like, "Oh, congrats. I'm so proud of you." And I'm like, "Pretty sure you were telling me I was too fat to do this, <laughs> mate." So, like, come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's acting in general yeah. like or in the film industry in general it's like your I feel like people assume that your main goal in the industry is to become famous mm. and it's silly like why would you want that like your life would be completely not normal anymore any form of privacy would be completely taken away from you. That's exactly why I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's just this, um, I think, I think the media really portrays acting as just to be this star studded kind of, yeah. you know, Hollywood glamour all the time. And that's, if you aren't matching to that level every day, you're not an actor or, but yeah, everyone says, says like, it took a lot for me to even just say I'm an actor for a while. Yeah. Because it was the reaction of people who would just go, oh, like, what is that? Why the hell would you want to do that? <laughs> like, it was just, God, it was just the weirdest thing. <laughs> like, it's, uh, but um, I, I'm, I think I've, I've gotten to a point in my life where I just stopped caring and I'm like, yeah, I am an actor. Yeah. But, but now, like, sometimes they'll be like, oh, like, so you want to be famous or anything? But, like, I have spoken to intelligent people and they say, oh, what kind of roles have you done? Yeah. Or, like, you know what I mean? It's There's a complete difference. But, um, yeah, it's a... <laughs> I, I find the industry easier to manage than people's opinions. Yeah. More than anything. 
for me personally, it's not the rejection or the like, you know, the unpredictable <laughs> ways of confusion and <laughs> fear. It's just the comments. It's just yeah, people people are just so bizarre, and I feel like that's kind of why I've just I've never gone to someone you know you can't do something because clearly people prove me wrong all the time. Um, you know, mm. and and it, I feel like that's the perspective that people have, which is like I remember something my mom said to me, and and I knew she didn't mean it in a bad way, and I knew my brother didn't mean it in a bad way, but this was kind of like because I grew up with um, ADHD and and epilepsy, that was one of the things that I remember that were very nervous about me getting a job. Mm. And the first time I got a job, it was this real sense of, uh, uh, you know, like, um, oh, is he, is he going to be okay? Mm. And one of the things that my brother said, and I think about like when I got into TV and I was starting to do technical roles, he was like, I didn't even think you'd get this far. and that, And I was just a bit like, well, I take that as a compliment, but I also take it as a backhanded compliment, like, you know, just a little bit, but I've also proved you wrong. Like, and it's it's one of those things that I, I feel like some people don't necessarily mean it in a bad way, but when you have something that people, you know, know a certain level of you or they see that kind of outward perspective, erratic behavior, and, you know, especially when I was younger, I was quite erratic. So that translating to an adulthood, I am well more mellow than I used to be. But I, you know, it's funny because people will still notice that erratic excitability about myself as well. But I'm better at moderating it and knowing who to show it to and who not to show it to. But I know so many people who aren't that great at moderating themselves or knowing when to, you know, like, you know, release a little bit of themselves of how weird or how wonderful they want to be in front of people they don't know. And then also like, um, you know, and know when it's safe and stuff. And I feel like, yeah, that's just kind of something that I've, you know, it goes back to positive energies on set and everything of like, you know, we're all here to make something. So bring out the best in each other and try and make friends and try and have this really positive um, go lucky attitude. But yeah, it's funny because a lot of people, I think under, you know, I like that. They'll always kind of like think less of you mm. um, because I, th- I feel like that's just automatic mindset of if I feel like I can think lower of them, then I know when they achieve something, I'll be extra proud. Like, is that a, mm. do you feel like that's the case? I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, I, f- I feel like with acting and stuff, it wasn't like I really had to prove that I had could do it as well. And, uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> as I say, like, if, if, if you met me when I was younger, you would not think that yeah. I was capable <laughs> of doing any of it. Oh, no, like, I just, just I, I, when I was listening to your um, earlier episodes, it was uh, a lot of, oh, I was, you know, I did theatre and acting classes, like to sing in this. So I was yeah. like, oh, I was nothing like that. <laughs> like, and uh, I, um. I find that very unique about me, myself, personally, yeah. that I didn't have that kind of I – I never voiced it. I think I think I remember the day I told my dad I was interested in doing acting, not necessarily I want to be an actor, I want to try it. And I was probably about 16 or something and mm. he just kind of – like nodded and was like, oh, okay, yeah, that just just don't do nudity. 
just don't promise, just don't do nudity. And I was like, and as, as a 16 year old, I'm like, oh no, no, not at all. No, not at all. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course, of course, of course. And it was kind of like, I'm a, not necessarily his blessing, but then I, um, yeah, I, yeah, I went through a period of my life where it was, I wasn't really doing any acting at all, but, uh, yeah. you know, when you bring up, when you, when you, um, go back to the memories of your experiences and you suddenly feel like you're already there again, <laughs> it's like that. <laughs> the, that's also something that, did you end up not doing nudity in your career or is that something that's happened throughout, you know, <laughs> like, is that something that you, you kept to your dad or? Well, Marty, that's a great question. Out there. <laughs> Have I done nudity? <laughs> um, no. Well, I once did like a short film. There wasn't, well, <laughs> the woman I was working with she was my friend and then she just became really like I don't know something snapped but uh yeah she wanted nudity because I had um it was for Sydney Film School do you know Sydney Film School mm. yeah well like when I first started uh getting into acting and stuff and film really uh, I went, I did, uh, quite a bit of work with Sydney film school. I, um, won a, an award, uh, at the film festival. Yeah. And then after I was getting like, Oh, get Vivian Greer. She's like a good actress, but yeah, this film is, it was meant to have nudity in it, but I was like, oh, I cannot do that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't not like full blown nudity. Like she wanted like, I don't know, some titties or something. But I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be in this movie. And like, I still did the film. I didn't show any <laughs> breastuses or anything like that. But it was a very, um, I was somewhat traumatic experience trying to, oh, really? you know, oh, it just was like, I was doing this film and it was, I, I was working with this man who was meant to be the love of my life, but he was the actor. He had a, a girlfriend or something and he didn't tell her that he was going to be doing a short film that where he had to have romantic connection with a female lead in it. <laughs> and um, yeah, he just treated me like I was some like random date, Tinder date or something. So it was really awkward. <laughs> wow. Because he felt really guilty for, like, being in bed with another woman and, you know, we're meant to be in love, but, you know, I can't even give him a kiss on the cheek without him, like, going, Ugh. <laughs> like that. It was really weird. <laughs> so, and then that was happening and then, you know, the director was being some very uh, <laughs> highly strung and oh, just no. take your top off. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't feel safe. You're not providing yeah. me a... a, a a, a, a level of comfort and yeah no nah, I'm not doing it um but yeah I, I feel like she only wanted it because it was me and it would get asses in the seats at the festival yeah yeah I feel like nudity can be just simply as that just to a cheap little drawing yeah it absolutely is sometimes um I absolutely agree with that and when I've seen it in film boy does it sometimes take you out of the film more than it actually puts you in the film because I feel like I went to see a few films at the Sydney Film Festival and yeah like when you go in and you're just like okay there's nudity in this film for no other reason than just 
the fact that these actors are attractive and or uh, you know anything like that and I feel like it really kind of just detracts from the whole point of the story like it's an unnecessary scene or you know not always not always like you know sometimes love you know like if you have a sex scene or something or you know anything like that it is necessary but it really depends on the story mm. and it really depends on and I, I believe in safe spaces and safe sets um, with minimal crew and I just yeah that they kind of your story just makes me cringe with like secondhand anxiety of just how like I want to say uh, yeah just how uncaring it sounds because it's just like you know your your co-actor is meant to be also a safe net and that's kind of baffling that not only was your co-actor not a safe net, but your director didn't sound like a safe net either. So you were kind of just oh, like... I just felt like I was holding the whole fucking production in my head, like holding it all together. It was just really stressful and it was really uncomfortable. And like, yeah, I, I felt like I agree with you with the um, sex scenes and films. Like uh, a lot of people, uh, well, I, particularly women uh myself included when a sex scene comes on screen it's very I don't know it could just be me but I I get very shocked at it I can't watch it yeah because it's not it's not uh I I was reading about it actually why people get so like films and stuff because I think it's not a it's because it's not I guess it's not show. I don't know. It's not pornography, pretty yeah. much. So when people have it sh- shoved in, like you know, it's blown up at their faces and they're off guard. It's since it's not in a like, I don't know, as it, it also great um, stems from like uh, sexual assault victims and stuff like that. Like it can mm. get a bit. Like oh, oh, and like people can get incredibly um, anxiety, um, anxious, and yeah. just very uncomfortable, and I almost feel sick from it. I think it's like a yeah. I was just reading about it, just the reaction of sex on film for some people. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And there's certain films that I will watch, and I remember like yeah, sometimes when I go into the film festival, I'm like. Mm. Didn't, didn't need to see that film. And I remember once, I can't remember if it was a Danish film or Swedish film, but they're particularly, like, not... They don't really worry about that stuff. Like, they're very unsubtle when it comes to that stuff. And there was just a full-on, um, like, sex scene. Uh, and it was just, like, th- you know, just kind of... Th- when I remember watching, I was like, oh, I don't think to expect to see anything. And, boy, did you see everything. And it was just kind of, like fully up in front of you like it wasn't you couldn't avoid it and I was like this is kind of just I I don't want to be here because I feel like I'm watching something that I shouldn't be watching within a sea of other people and this is like pre-lockdown so it was kind of like with your with like people who are either in their 60s and 70s or 20s and 30s and you're just going I don't need to be here like this is the last thing (laughs) I blush like if like I used to live with my mom and I'd watch something and there'll be some, you know, back in my day, Marty, when <laughs> when you watched when you watched films and there was sex in a, it was implied, 
it wasn't necessarily seen. It was like, yeah. you know, the whole lying on the bed, making out and waking up in each other's arms the next morning and seen. Yeah. Not like, you know, man hump, like <laughs> lots of gyrating and stuff. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know. It could just be me though. I get really like, Ugh. but it's. Yeah, because you, you watch it, but then you're like, I don't, what am I watching this for, though? Like, yeah. why am I watching this? Like, what am I trying to, like, grasp from it? <laughs> I, I think don't know. It was really funny because I remember, um, what was it? I was watching with my mom Sex Education, like, the first episode. And, you know, everyone praises Sex Education as a great show for anyone who wants to learn about sex ed. It's actually really good. Um, but one of the things was I didn't recommend watching it with your mother. And my sister-in-law, because I was <laughs> I was watching it with us, with the whole of the family, and my brother wasn't even watching it. And I got about halfway through the episode when I was like, suddenly I feel really uncomfortable because there's a lot of things in this show that I don't want my mother thinking that I've done or even thought about or anything like that. <laughs> so oh, buddy. I was like a runaway. Um, so, yeah, like rule to advice, never watch any of those shows with your family. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched Sex Education. I'm a huge fan of Gillian Anderson, of course. I think she's like, you know, fucking marvellous. <laughs> I mean, like it, I'd say give it, give it a go. It's a nice, sweet comedy show if you want to watch anything, but um, it's very much... Uh, it it's one of those shows that I think also um, touches on a lot of things that, that aren't spoken about sex as well and the whole, like, um, aspect of it just not always being fully functional like it is in films where everyone's like, oh, it's amazing all the time. It's like it talks about the inconsistencies and sometimes it just being like, it's okay that it didn't, you know, end up being the best scenario. Um, and I also just like Gillian Anderson, oh, <laughs> She, she's just amazing and and she is the 100% the reason I also like look you know I'm watching The Crown for her to be Margaret Thatcher it's the only reason I love everything she is in and I'm I'm a huge X-Files fan as well so you know just give me give me her any day I'm happy like she is just an amazing amazing performer she seems like a really nice lady as well yeah she's like, very chill she's um yeah. I think she's had a very interesting career especially because um she started on the X-Files when she was 21. I think she was like 20, 21. So that was kind of like a leap Christ. into the unknown. And um, it's kind of scary to think that was that long ago where now she's like 50 something and still doing amazing work. But, you know, clearly just has so much of a, um, uh, just a CV behind her now to have done so mm. many different things. But it's funny because you look at David Cogney and he's done a lot less <laughs> than Gillian Anderson. Well, he, he had his demons to slay for yeah. his career. And, you know, it's like uh, Brendan Fraser. He He's having a comeback. Oh, I'm very happy Fraser. with that. I love him. He's amazing. Um, I love him. And he got done so dirty by Hollywood. And But he's in some very um, very popular TV shows and coming out in some... I think he's working with Martin Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, just these random, like, big roles and it's nice to see the underdog come back out yeah i mean um enough about talking about amazing people because <laughs> i could talk about amazing people all day um but yeah like you know with it with high school as well and you know growing up and now you're in your 30s how have you like because i remember we sort of emailed a bit back and forth but you know you were talking about anxiety is our anxiety in like 
all that like much more of a less thing nowadays in terms of your own like well-being or is it still kind of like do you have to musk um, muster it up to go to auditions and stuff like that or how's it manifest i just try i just try to turn that into positive stuff <laughs> i don't know like um yeah i get uh, i don't know like i've i've had some very um very up and down experiences of mental mm. health in my life and you know you gotta you kind of learn to um handle when things aren't, I don't know, like I feel like when people with depression or anxiety, they can kind of see it coming out like very little. It's like a poisonous IV really. <laughs> this is yeah. dripping um, slow poison, slow release. Uh, but with like auditions and stuff, I really, I use the, anxiety or the nerves or the excitement even and just put the power of them into my work yeah and it makes me a little bit louder and a little bit stronger and a little bit more grounded and a little bit more natural I guess because I feel like I just need to embrace that side of me because it's not going anywhere yeah really (laughs) it doesn't truly leave you no nothing does but yeah you just kind of have to learn to you know, control it before it controls you really, yeah. or, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've experienced a lot of up and downs. Yeah. And, and you've just sort of taken them like, you know, and trying to turn them into something better um, or at least, you know, positive in a way. Yeah. Um, it's like when I talk about my career and as an actor, it's very choppy a little yeah. bit because um I didn't start till I was quite, oh, not old. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say you're old. I <laughs> Yeah, no. Oh, not like I didn't start when I was eight or 15 or something. It was probably probably getting more interested in it when I was uh, close to 20. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was probably like I was in a really from like 18 to 23, I think. I was in a very violent dangerous relationship for a very long time and then I was I think that's why I love acting so much because it brought me out of it um or gave me hope really but yeah I had to take a couple of years off well I I didn't take a couple of years off I just took I they took me off really (laughs) I had um yeah a couple of years of really deep depression and um, before that I was getting consistent work. I was getting lots of emails. I was getting lots of phone calls. I was getting lots of attention, yeah. uh, really starting up my career and getting more serious and professional. And then, you know, you get out of that relationship that's on, on the, uh, outside people wouldn't know, but yeah, it was really hard. And then, uh, yeah, two years goes by or not really two years, but just time goes by and the phone calls stop, the emails stop. You kind of just exist. And then one day I, um, as I said, talked to, spoke about opportunities earlier. I had uh, the opportunity to, I always wanted to travel. Yeah. I just never had that courage, I guess. And uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was hanging out with a couple of friends and they were in a relationship and they were planning to go overseas 
And uh, I was like, oh, man, I wish I could go overseas. And then I, my friend, he was like, oh, well, they're trying to, they're wanting to find someone to take over my uh, position at the cafe he worked at and I can put in a good word for you. And, yeah, after like two years of just (laughs) whatever it was, you just, I was very like, oh, okay, like, shit, I'll take I'll try to go in and I'll put myself out there for the first time in a very long time. And I got the job and I saved up money all year. And then I went over to the States and I got truly, really inspired when I was over there. And um, I got home and I decided, well, I really want to keep doing it. And I just worked my ass off on an audition piece and got into the course I wanted to do at NIDA. And then here we are. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, like, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I never say there's n- no opportunity and, you know, like obviously opportunities, you have to kind of create yourself a little bit as well. Um, and yeah, that's true about relationships where it's like, you know, um, relationships are one of those things where they're such a big chunk of your life and you know whether or not they're you know violent or anything it does feel like something's taken away from you even when they're gone um like was that you know I can imagine was that kind of a very harrowing thing when that sort of line just was you know severed um that relationship and you were just kind of like fell into that deep depression you were you just feeling like a slight little bit of a relief or kind of just a, a big fear at first well, your entire identity is stripped from you. Yeah. You don't know who you are anymore. So you just, you know, one day it's particularly hard to get out of bed and then another day and another day and another day and it's just this continuous, I can't even describe it. I wouldn't even wish it on my worst enemy. No, it's, <laughs> and I never wish that on anyone and having, uh, you know, been in similar situations, I don't wish any any bad relationships on anyone is never a fun thing to um be involved in um especially like yeah um but you know like i think one of the things that i have utilized i guess and the same way you have is is turning a lot of those bad experiences around and making them into such like you know um outputting like such creative and 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 positive attitudes towards like and being passionate as you say with going onto set and being like we're here to make something we're here to have fun we're here to do something that like you know it, it not to say that every artist needs to have a troubled life to oh god no 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 it's more of my like i i appreciate things more especially yeah. my acting work because i didn't do it for so long well not I don't know, just I was very, at that time in my life, I couldn't even watch, like, movies that I loved because I would get upset thinking, oh, I could never do that, you know? Yeah. And, but now, so it's like when I do get a role, I think that's why I get so shitty at people who are negative or, like, you know, just bringing the mood down on cruises because it's like you have no idea how much this means to me. And I treat like every time I'm on set, I'm 
I'm probably in an annoying presence because I'm always talking to everyone. I'm always just seeing how everyone's going, having a great time, helping myself yeah. to catering if there is. But <laughs> yeah, it just, it means so much to me. And um, I try not to let my own personal life uh, make the role. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't want it to be, um, I try to be the thought behind the character it's not necessarily like I want to have my own personal experiences um and use them f- to my advantage to you know I guess cry or something you know yeah. I don't want to I want to make it all about the character and I want to I don't want to be me on it <laughs> it's just all about the actor character for me yeah or what the director wants yeah that's like I feel such a it's such a good positive outfit outlet as well and you know it's it's funny because like you you talk about emails stopping you know and everything like that it was hard yeah like it was it was very hard because I feel like when it especially this industry that it's it's not about whether if you can get to the deep end it's whether if you can stay afloat yeah and for me it was I'm getting to the deep end and I couldn't stay afloat but I think what was really hard for my own personal journey, it was getting to a level, getting back to the level I had left and further. Yeah. That was hard for me. But I think I've moved past it. <laughs> yeah. Which is a good feeling. I mean, like, yeah. I absolutely get a sense of someone who has moved past it and kind of, like, gotten more a foot in the ground and, you know, both feet on the ground and kind of, like, you know, always constantly moving forward. Um, there's, you know, like I remember the first time I, um, you know, changed, you know, jobs and, and this is the thing, like, you know, I feel like when, you know, as you were saying, when your own personal life, um, is kind of always in flux or it's always chaotic or, or something's constantly happening. So you're unsure of everything. Taking that to work is very hard because it's suddenly like, as you were saying about identity, um, you know, I've, I've, I think something that's really been profound uh, is a lot of the time, you know, if you ask people who are you or, you know, how do you identify or, what, you know, what, you know, a lot of people don't entirely know. And I feel like the one thing I've sort of valued now is all the things that I do love. I really do love. Like I'm really passionate about some things and I go, it doesn't, you know, like I know so many people who, you know, are older than us who don't have that kind of like, you know, barrier or self-worth barrier where they're like, I know I love these things and I know that it doesn't matter what anyone else says, they're crap or they're, you know, silly or I'm too old or anything and it doesn't matter to me. Whereas some people take that very to heart. Mm. And, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, going into different, you know, with kind of like being these kind of people, you're always going to encounter people that, you know, it doesn't matter how positive you are to them, they're going to be an asshole. They're going to just not, you know, they might have similar, you know, values to you, but they might not, cl- they might clash with your personality. And I remember something that I really found quite profound about that was it was like, you know, something that was said to me was not everyone's going to like you, but you can try your best to make everyone at least smile or at least have a good day. And there is something to be said about that because it's... Oh, you made me smile, Marty. Thank so you. you. did a good day. Thank you. Good job. Good job. Ah, thank you. I'll, I'll pat myself on the back. But, yes. I mean, like, it's so it's so true because it's 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 a shitty... 
it's a shitty thing that, you know, like people always want to tear each other down and everything. And I'm just, you know, I, I just can't fathom that whole aspect of, um, you know, you know, everything I'm, everyone just being like, oh, you know, this is, you know, you haven't done a good job because one minor thing, it's like, hang on, no, they did a fantastic job. This one minor thing happened, but doesn't mean they have done a terrible job. It's just a hiccup has happened along the way. But see, you know, like a lot of people, in, um, not always in this industry, but there are a lot of people out there who feel like tearing someone down is easier than giving someone a compliment. And mm. I think it actually is about the same amount of external energy that you can give someone a nice uh, reassurance than it is to kind of tear someone down. I think it's actually more energy to tear someone down because you've got to think. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, absolutely. I think, I, uh, from my opinion, I think it goes both ways because it's like you can give a person a compliment, but mm. are they going to accept that compliment? And I think it's a two-person job when it comes to the communications of like just emotional positivity or anything. Yeah. There's been millions of times when I've said, I don't give cheap compliments, Marty. Like if I'm saying, if you're, if I'm saying you're looking good and like, you're looking good, but that's from my opinion. Yeah. But like a lot of the times people are just, and it's sad. It's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't think people can genuinely take a sincere compliment without, messing it up a bit or questioning it yeah and uh, it's like with the energies of um like being negative and stuff it's i think it's just such a it's so easy it's too easy these days i can't go on social media i can't go on facebook i had to deactivate it because it's just disgusting behavior people are putting out towards other people these days it's awful yeah and i think it's just the um because these words are being sent through profiles or messages or comments or something and yeah. you know it's just disgusting like you're like god and i can't read it because it makes me feel like shit and like i've read some pretty shit com comments about me on the internet <laughs> <laughs> which is great um oh yeah and I'm just kind of like, really, really, like, because they're writing like I'd never read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how the hell is this woman gonna read my little comment on a movie review? And uh, but I have, and I'm like, really? <laughs> but my, I, I would get upset. Like, it was, it's, it's not necessarily like, oh, what a shit actress who the yeah. fuck gave her this role. It's more like, um, like. <laughs> I was in uh, this feature film back in 2019. It was um, The Invisible Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um, I had a role in a, it was The Screaming Woman. I had a scream bloody murder in a restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. I know the scene you're talking about now. <laughs> that scene, I was, I'm just like, what can I say? I can't really like, I can say anything. Yeah, I was in that scene, the most apparently pivotal scene of the movie but uh it's it's, yeah. it's very probably very strange scene to watch actually it was probably the scene that i remember in the cinema i watched that alone and i still shat my pants kind of when that happened i was like holy crap um, it was a great scene i was i was happy to be part of it and being the like you know the arc of the movie I yeah. guess. um but yeah i just remember because it, it it was such a popular scene it was like 
shared through all these uh, YouTube channels and stuff. And it was really cool to see how popular it was, but it was, uh, <laughs> I remember like watching it, <laughs> scrolling through the comments and some guy was like, this, this movie would have been perfect, perfect if it wasn't for that short haired blonde lesbian screeching in the back. <laughs> Who the fuck hired her? And I'm just like, mate, calm your damn farm. You got to back the F up, yo. Like, wow. It was just insane. This hostility caught for like 10 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've read, like, I've played some really awful awful women like characters in the day and i've read like oh she should go kill get killed or murdered or like you know sodomized or something like that not just like but i take that like when i read these comments i was like (laughs) to my um partner i was like i don't want to do this anymore and he was just like no viv they hate your character you did a good (laughs) job like they hate your character like they wish your character was dead and you know, get put in a man prison, and, you know, <laughs> all these things. But uh, I, uh, I read my um, partner, bless him. He like forwarded. He, I, I love Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, like I'm wearing my Ellen Ripley jumper, actually. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I know it's amazing. She's my life's obsession. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he would. He found this article of uh, this interview with uh, Sigourney Weaver, and um, she was saying how she doesn't read reviews or comments on the internet or anything because she thinks that's just you're just looking for trouble that way and I was like all right take note I'm gonna be like Ellen Ripley and not look at the internet (laughs) 100% (laughs) and um like Alien's one of my favorite films with her and you know showing that to some people everyone's like oh that's really slow there's like really not much happens and and then they watch the last half hour and they're like oh shit um but the whole thing i feel the first half an hour is really in like, it's the whole thing fucking intense i just love that movie so much like that was one of the like when i was a kid my dad had or my parents had a huge library of movies mm. Like, you know, my dad would play soundtracks from the movies all the time. So it was always this connection um, for me. But I loved Aliens. Like, I've, I, just, I just fucking love it so much. I love how James Cameron directed it and how, of a sh- how, how much of a shit show it was filming it. Yeah. And the way he worked with the other actors, like the... Like the um, Oh, the Marines and yeah. The Marines. And uh, yeah, I loved reading about how like they didn't film it in sequence. So they filmed all the like mid to end scenes first and then the um, the first half of the movie after it because he wanted to uh, the actors to have that um, mateship about them, that casual uh, yeah. kind of friendship vibe. And I was like, oh, that worked. It was amazing. And I just loved the just – just the um, oh, I love that movie. I can't even say how many times I've I've freaked out people on Tinder dates. <laughs> how I can talk about that movie? <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Oh, I just love it. I love sci-fi. Like I'd like to do sci-fi or like horror. Yeah. One day I've I've done. Oh, I guess Invisible Man is a horror, but I like want to be in it more. <laughs> Um, but yeah, sci-fi. It's I've I've played sci-fi roles, but you know it's not the James Cameron sci-fi budget. So, no, it's, yeah. it's not gloriously like HD kind of like fighting yeah. aliens and bug-eyed monsters. It's great, um, <laughs> but I mean like you know sci-fi and horror. 
like ace mint like my bread and butter love it so much yeah i i watched a lot of horror films when i was growing up my dad was it's not like i watch like naughty films where it's just like oh no that should not be on for like yeah, yeah. a child your age it was more like oh he's he's the exorcist vivian have a fun with that you know? and you're like dear god fuck oh i just i had such a active very vivid imagination growing up like yeah like when I first watched Jurassic Park or I think even Jurassic Park, the lost world, I remember like, cause you know, like back in my day. <laughs> Making your sound so, sound so old. Oh no, but it's just like, I can't help but saying oh, back in my day cause things changed so much over a decade or two. And it's like when, when I would be waiting in the car for my dad, <laughs> cause he could keep the kids in the car for 20 minutes to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was winter it was raining you know but um I remember thinking about Jurassic Park and I was so I was scaring myself to bits sitting in this car thinking oh there's gonna be a t-rex coming around <laughs> the, the building soon and but like my imagination it just made me believe that was actually happening yeah I, it's weird as that sounds and I think I used that um a lot in my work. We were talking about ADHD um, a little bit and you would sort of re- um, mentioned it to me. And um, yeah, like, you know, um, what's the sort of being, you've been recently diagnosed? Yeah, yeah, a few months ago, actually. What's that sort of feeling to you now? Like, is that sort of put into a lot of perspective, a lot of different things or? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like my parents tested me for things when I was a kid. Um, I had, I have a twin sister. Oh, okay. Uh, refer- yeah, we're fraternal. We're not identical. Like a lot of people, it's like, are you identical? And when I say fraternal, they're like, ah, well, it's still special. Okay. <laughs> um, Bye now. But <laughs> see ya. Um, but yeah, my, when I was a kid growing up, I, uh, I, I didn't say much at all because yeah. my twin sister would speak for me. <laughs> um, so they thought I was like deaf or autistic or something because I just wasn't saying anything, but it was just because Pip, was speaking for me so um but yeah I didn't like I don't know I just I remember a lot of my like just schooling was quite hard for me Mm. like I could listen and I could it was just something wasn't really absorbing and I was very much off of my head a lot of the times when I was kids and like for little girls they just get completely unnoticed with that with ADHD because it's such a hyperactive little boy yeah. um, thing for at the time. And uh, I think a lot of women um, today are realizing that they actually do have the condition. And, um, but yeah, I just, I, it, it was difficult. It was difficult a lot to, finally get that answer but it did make some sense to me but you know I I try not to think of what the could have been yeah and just start fresh because you know I wasn't very academically like I I just felt dumb most of my life Mm. you know like as a kid it was just there wasn't any um academic support or like faith in me it was very much oh this is just Vivian she doesn't really have many qualities about her when I was growing up and 
being, you know, quiet and very, very bullied in school, you just completely just get, I don't know, get lost in the system almost um, of schooling. And, but it was when I, it was probably like a couple of years ago when I was noticing more, um, I felt like the symptoms of it was getting um, progressively worse as I grow, grew older. Mm. Um, I couldn't really watch a movie anymore without like completely just, it, it was uncontrollable to the yeah. point where it was like, I can't even try anything at the moment. Um, it was, <laughs> my, my boyfriend was pissed off <laughs> sometimes, not at me for like, you know, for the way I am, he could just see the, uh, the lack of control I had when, um, paying attention or keeping committed to things. And it was really annoying because like one, like my, my employee employment history is pretty all over the shop. Yeah. If that makes sense. Acting has always probably been the one thing of great interest I've ever had in my life. I've, I don't know why, but it's just something that I just, it, I, it makes sense to me and I make sense to it. Does yeah. that make sense at all? No, it does. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. Um, I like, I feel like my ADHD does help with my performance. Yeah. Um, not my performance, more my thinking. Uh, I, and for some reason, I just, when it comes to something that I'm incredibly passionate about, it's like, a whole new Vivian has stepped in. It's a whole new mental um, strength. I love, uh, I feel like growing up and with ADHD, I guess people don't really want to give you the responsibility. For me, it wasn't just, there was never any opportunity given for anything more than I was capable of when I was in school or uh, in adulthood, really, um, a teenager. But I think with acting that I love so much about is that um, it's the responsibility and trust that's given and put on to me. Yeah. I like the fact that I have the, I don't know, this, the ability to switch off and focus on it. But like every, every other aspect of my life is just completely, you know, I, I can't eat off scripts or anything like for short films or you know what I mean like yeah. it just was really hard to keep cemented into a job and now and also just to learn new things I um had I have I have a lot of trouble with uh well I had a lot of trouble with just I guess memor- memorizing things or keeping that information and not letting it fly away yeah <laughs> it's, yeah it was really annoying but uh yeah I went and sort of a psychiatrist a few times and yeah he he wasn't like just I never taken medication in my life um for my 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 head noggin (laughs) um but uh yeah I just was like why not and yeah it's it's helped a lot yeah I try not as I said earlier I try not to grieve too much about the what could have been I think it was just the uh um, I think I'm more sorry for the way I treated myself, if anything, believing that I wasn't more than I was yeah. past my 
my little ADHD brain, you know? Yeah. 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 That's probably the most difficult thing to realize. Yeah. Mm. We all must be very kind to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very true. And I think that's kind of one of the things that with ADHD, um, and, you know, especially with like the differences of diagnosis in boys and girls, um, it's just, yeah, it's, there's a sense of like clarity and stuff when you know you have it, but it doesn't, you know, like I still, you know, know that there are things that make sense to me and there's things that I know that in my brain will make sense and I have to explain to my partner to be like, and she'll, she'll be like, oh, I don't fully understand why. Oh my God. Yes. That's what my partner's like too. He just does that little because huh? <laughs> like in my head I'm like you know speaking at a fancy dinner with all like you know proper public speaking posh lady but then I'm like Ugh. yeah <laughs> it's hilarious it's the worst and it just I hate feeling like that I don't know it's like constant tongue ties and I think with acting for me it's like this all of that goes away yeah completely new woman I'm a new woman and you're a new uh, woman yeah I'm a new woman, uh, but uh, it's good. It's helped a lot. And I, I, it's, um, getting diagnosed and getting treatment for it has given me more, um, confidence to pursue, uh, things that were a little bit tr- like, uh, accents, for example, I've done a lot of accent work. Like I've done a lot of accent courses and stuff, but with ADHD and you have that te- the my teacher, Linda, she's awesome. She's very patient. She's very calming presence and she's very just amazing woman like yeah I, I she I just feel bad for the I was feeling bad for people teaching me because I think it's just something in my eyes they just glaze over and they're like yeah. oh okay yeah yeah you get it you understand I'm like yeah totally and I'm like mm. but deep down I'm thinking about like you know the lunch I had four years ago, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's like someone will be explaining this really important thing and I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? Like, really just think, mm, hungry now. Like, my brain will just go automatically to other places or I'll be thinking about a book I read, like, four years ago and, like, going, that was a really good, like, book. No, that was a great movie. Like, it's n- I'm never always... <laughs> I'm so <laughs> screaming at you like Maddie get to the chopper and you're like oh I'm just so what dinner did I have in yeah I know the spring of 2003 yeah it, it's hard when I was uh when I'm having to get lots of direction thrown at me on set I'm just like I, it feels like my whole brain's caving in and I'm just trying to remember f- f- significant words yeah. like when I uh, worked on the invisible man it was like hundreds of people on the yeah. set and you know Elizabeth Moss is right there and Harriet Dwyer is there and Lee Winnell's coming up and just talking to me and it's just like I'm really just trying to focus but all I had to do was scream but I was just like okay yeah I got this yeah I got this and I'm it, I was like shitting myself honestly I didn't even know how I got like I oh, know I got that role because I scream real good <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like I'm running on dumb luck because I've like I've met actors who have been work and it's not necessarily thinking oh because I'm better than them or anything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. It's just like I I would feel shit if somebody who has been doing the doing playing you know hustling for years and years and years 
And then like, I get something that they really wanted and I just, I feel this guilt, but I guess it's a bit of imposter syndrome as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a huge, um, aspect of a lot of things, but yeah, I'd always feel really a bit guilty. I don't anymore because I know the industry a bit better, um, now, but I don't know. I just want everyone to be happy sometimes. I just want a fair game. <laughs> and you, you know, I absolutely 100% agree with that. And I will I will wholeheartedly say this before we start wrapping things up. Everything that I've said tonight um, has been true. And I think that one, one thing is like you are such a wonderful, you know, humble person and that everything you do is just really, you know, very grounded but also very genuine. And that's why, like, talking to you is such a genuine joy and experience because, you know, if I would allow this episode to keep going, it would be, like, you know, 15 hours long. We could keep talking forever. Um, But, you know, like, I feel, you know, you're one of those people that is just so genuine and kind and considerate and you're an amazing human. So, you know, like, I just think keep doing what you're doing because you're great at it and, you know, keep, keep trying to be the best you. Because that's all you can do. Oh, thank you, Marty. That really means a lot. And yeah, I will for you. <laughs> I will Don't keep... do it just for me. Do it for <laughs> yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Always, always, always for yourself. Always, always have to. Um, but thank you so much for having me on your show. It was a. Uh, pretty out of the blue when he messaged me I was like me <laughs> what and I was like telling my friends I'm like I'm gonna be in a podcast <laughs> <laughs> so you better tune in or else but yeah it's um no it's I was not nervous just kind of like all right let's do this bad boy but I was really excited most the most important thing I was very excited and and you're you were fantastic on it and you've you've been a wonderful guest and I really appreciate you coming on because it's been an absolute blast great thank you thank you for having me and I hope one day we'll cross paths again through the internet oh we will audio. <laughs> yeah we will collaborate again i am sure that um you know there is there is many many things you are you know tough luck knowing me because i don't get rid of people easily um uh, i always That's am beautiful. very i felt that <laughs> i'm very very passionate about stuff but um since you're not on many social media platforms where can people stalk you in the wonderful you know where can people find your material oh stalk me (laughs) um I have Vimeo like I don't really have mm, I got stuff on streaming so I have an Instagram like yeah it's your dreaming kid (laughs) it's it's exactly how you meant to just say your dreaming kid like I love that (laughs) I love that that's the name but no, if you want to check out more episodes and you can go and stalk Vivian, please do go and stalk her. She is amazing. Um, but go and, go and stalk her and th- um, you can go and stalk more episodes out of the Things We Do podcast on Apple and Spotify. And I'll be speaking with another guest next week and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Bye.